Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 339 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Revelation chapter 5 and our focus is on, is Christianity primarily a white religion? Is Christianity mainly an American religion? No, it's not. We're going to dig into some controversial topics today and see what the Bible has to say about race and racism. Our goal in this show is to read the Bible daily, chapter by chapter, and discuss a topic or two, or sometimes three, that each chapter brings up. We want to have daily Bible intake. More than that, we want to live and obey the Word of God on a daily basis. I would invite you to share the show with a friend, either on social media or by word of mouth or telegraph or telephone or whatever. Just get the word out there. We do have websites, Bible2021.com. Check it out. I have heard many people make some strange assumptions about Christianity and race. I've heard racists attempt to justify their racism with the Bible, and I have heard more left-leaning people seem to insinuate or outright say that the Bible is a racist document in somehow, some way. I've heard many criticize Christianity as a white person's religion or an American religion. Now, all of these various opinions and accusations on either side of the aisle have long flummoxed to me, to be honest with you, because it is quite difficult to find any sort of racist justification in the Bible, especially if you are white. Now, why especially if you are white? Because the vast majority of the people in the Bible, including people like King David and Moses and Abraham and Sarai and Paul and Esther and Peter and all of the disciples and pretty much everybody who writes a book of the Bible, with a couple of exceptions, and most especially Jesus himself, they are not white, but Middle Eastern people, olive-skinned, right? I suppose it is possible that a Gentile like Luke or Titus or Timothy or somebody like that, might be considered white. But I'll tell you this, from my understanding, it's only in the last few decades that Italians, Greeks, Spanish, Irish, and other people came to be considered white. And by the way, what does white even mean? Who determines who is white? I have no idea who's the arbiter of whiteness. And I'll just be honest with you, I hope in my lifetime that whatever whiteness is, it becomes an out-of-date concept, because I think it's just silly. At any rate, 95% of the people in the Bible are Middle Easterners, maybe probably a lot more than 95%. So thinking the Bible somehow promulgates a white religion, and especially a white supremacist religion, is like really, really stupid. Civil War pastors, I'm looking at you. And while it is conceivable that maybe a handful of the people in the Bible are white, I can assure you with 100% certitude that nobody in the Bible is American, not a single one. So to think of Christianity as a white or American religion is an utterly silly notion that is absolutely foreign to the Bible. See what I did there? One of today's passages, by the way, demonstrates exactly what nationality that Christians are, however. From Revelation 5, verse 8 says, When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. 
You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased a people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign on the earth. That's Revelation 5, 8 through 10. So did you hear that? What nationality is Christianity? What skin color is Christianity? What language is Christianity? How about all of them? Jesus has purchased a people by his death on the cross from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. Every. If I sound a little fired up about this, I am most certainly fired up. I'm fired up at racists who somehow use the Bible to justify racism, and I'm fired up when others accuse the Bible of somehow promoting racism. Well, here's another passage that indicates what kind of people make up those who follow Jesus. Very similar. Revelation 7, 9, and 10. After this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from where? Every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were robed in white with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. How difficult such a passage be to somebody who is a white or black or yellow or red supremacist. According to the revelation of John, heaven is composed of a vast multitude from every nation, every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, and they're seemingly all evenly spread around God's throne, not one higher than the other, of course. And passages like this just absolutely obliterate racist ideals and racist principles in the light of truth and demonstrate the completely illogical nature of one somehow being a Christian racist. Now understand, I don't desire, I don't deny that Christian racists exist. There are, there are those out there. I'm just saying they're utterly foolish and wrong and contradicted by dozens, if not Hundreds, if not thousands, of Bible passages. Well, here's another passage that desecrates any idea of Christian racism. It's Acts seven twenty Acts seventeen twenty six, which says, "From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live." Well, this is a great foundational truth of the Bible boiled down to one sentence: All humans spring from one man, Adam probably wasn't white, and thus all humans have common ancestry. This ideal forms a significant pillar of the Bible's teaching on race, and it completely repudiates any sort of racist theology and ideology that God created different races for different purposes. In commenting on this passage, Pastor John Piper says, First, notice that God is the maker of ethnic groups. God made from from one every nation— Ethnic groups do not just come about by random genetic change. They come about by God's design and purpose. The text says plainly, God made every ethnos. Second, notice that God made all the ethnic groups from one human ancestor. Paul says he made from one every ethnos. This has a special wallop when you ponder why he chose to say just this to the Athenians on the Areopagus when Paul said it. The Athenians were fond of boasting that they were autochthones, which is a Greek word, which means that they sprang from their native soil and were not immigrants from some other place or people group. Paul chooses to confront this ethnic pride head on in the Greeks. 
God made all the ethnic groups, the Athenians and barbarians too, and he made them out of one common stock. So he's saying to these Greeks when he's speaking in Acts 17, you Athenians are cut from the same cloth as those despised barbarians and Scythians. Hmm, interesting. Along those lines, Pastor Tim Keller also writes, This is a time to present the Bible's strong and clear teachings about the sin of racism and of the idolatry of blood and country. In Acts 17.26, in the midst of an evangelistic lecture to secular pagan philosophers, Paul makes the case that God created all races from one man. Paul's Greek listeners saw other races as barbarian and inferior, but against such views of racial superiority, Paul makes the case that all races have the same creator and are of one stock, since all are made in God's image. Every human life is of infinite and equal value. You see that in Genesis 9, 5-6. When Jonah puts the national interests of Israel ahead of the spiritual good of the racially pagan other city of Nineveh, he is roundly condemned by God in Jonah 4, 1-11. One main effect of the gospel is to shatter the racial barriers that separate people, so it is an egregious sin to do anything to support those barriers. When Peter sought to do so, Paul reprimanded him for losing his grasp on the gospel in Galatians 2, 14. Well, that's some food for thought. Let's go ahead and read our passage all together. This is Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look in it. I wept and wept, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll, or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, look. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he is able to open the scroll, and its seven seals. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb, standing in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures and among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent into all the earth. He went and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and a golden bowl filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and also of the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. What a powerful passage, full of worship of the King of Kings, Jesus. Well, let's close with one of my favorite worship verses in that passage. It's Revelation 5.12, which is also our Bible memory passage for the month of December. It says, They said with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.